Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Caleb McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Well, hello everyone. It's your boy, Austin Cook, and we are back with a new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Caleb Mecklemore, and today we just wanted to swing right into action and let you know almost immediately there's going to be spoilers in this episode. I'm sure you're probably aware we're not covering just one movie. Don't worry, but we're going to have to circle back because like the entire legacy of this character is basically brought to life in this movie. But yeah, spoilers for No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, because I mean, if you haven't seen it already, which you most likely have looking at the box office totals, I just want to give you fair warning. I want to be you know, one of those guys because maybe you haven't seen it in your country. Maybe you're listening from a country where it has been released or. Maybe you're you know, being cautious because you don't want to go into theaters right now for reasons we will not get into on this podcast because that's not why we're here. But yeah, no, there's going to be spoilers abound. But today we are talking and we're that's just for the recent movie. Every other movie you should probably have seen by now because you've, you've had, had time. time. Yeah, <laughs> there's like spoiler alert for a 20 year old movie you're going to hear several times. But wow, it really is 20 years old, Caleb. Uh huh. Wow, yeah, that's it's, crazy. Uh, oh, it's wild. And as Austin's alluding to, and I'm sure, and all of you saw when we when you read the title, we are covering uh, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man mm-hmm. that does what a spider does, and he does everything a spider does. And one of them even makes his own web through his body, which is <laughs> actually yeah. disgusting if you really think about it. Yeah, I know. That, I'm glad they actually discussed that too. And they're like, "Wait, that makes no sense." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he got bullied for that, but <laughs> well, well, maybe not bullied, but teased. No, they, they, they yeah, they, they, they poked fun at him of like that's just weird. And, but uh, yeah, we're, we're just we're asking. About we're asking out of curiosity, you know. Yeah, and but we're when we say Spider Man, obviously, and there's no way in one episode, like unless you want this episode to be six hours long, which neither one of us do. No. Uh, we're just covering Spider Man overall, so movies. Comics, TV shows, movies, you name it. We just want to like really show love for it because after No Way Home and how it really did show a lot of love for Spider-Man, it really did feel like a big love letter to him. We just we saw it as a good opportunity of like, here's the perfect time to talk about Spider-Man. And also just prove that we do talk about Marvel stuff, not just DC. Right. We we do love Marvel on here. And it's just hard when we're super crazy DC fanboys that want to talk about everything about it. Cause like every once in a while you kind of forget you're like, oh yeah, no, I love this stuff too. And Marvel's mm-hmm. got a lot of really great stuff, but in particular, Spider-Man is very much a uh a different beast because he's probably one of the single greatest heroes of all time. And a lot of his variants I don't know why I said variants, but like a lot of his alternate versions of the character are really awesome. Like I can't think of many that I'm like, Oh yeah, I know that character kind of sucked. Like 
even like his villains are known for being some of the best, like besides Batman's like, Mm -hmm. and geez, that says a lot too, because Batman, yeah, (laughs) Batman has some of the best villains ever. And when we talk about villains, we don't mean just like the most powerful. Cause like, obviously there's a lot more powerful villains than the ones that fight Batman, but it's more of just in relation to the character, how well they suit as a challenge. Like, in, yeah, on they, every level, intellectual, physical, emotional, like th- those are the things that really make them special. It's not just their uniqueness, which is there very much. I mean, we'll get oh, into yeah. that. But <laughs> the way that he is just extremely relatable, but also uses every skill in his toolbox to be Spider-Man is what I think gets a lot of people behind him. Because Spider-Man, like, I mean, as a superhero, he's cool. You know, like oh, yeah. you, you can shoot web, you can swing, you can do all the spider stuff. You can do everything a spider can. We'll just get that mm-hmm. meme out of the way. <laughs> but <laughs> he, like, it's not like he's completely reinventing the wheel with his powers. Like, granted, like when he first came out, absolutely he was. But, you know, nowadays, like you look at it and it's like, why is this character so enduring? What is it about Spider-Man that we can always get behind? And I'll say it with one word rent (laughs) no that's not just it but no you know give me rent he's very he just he has the everyman quality to him but with so many different characteristics that make him special because it's like Yes. yes he struggles with rent he struggles with doing things on his own he's a brilliant scientist which most of us are not no offense, but we're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think most people can- are. Canonically, yeah, canonically, he's one of the smartest men in Marvel. Or not just men, like people. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he like would be this- a... Yeah, go ahead. Well, well the ultimate uh, referral, if you need proof of, like, someone is incredibly smart, is he... Ha- he Mr. Fantastic, who is canonically the smartest person in all of Marvel... Mm-hmm brought Spider-Man on not as an employee, well, as an employee, but like not as someone that he's a boss over, but as a partner. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I, that's the ultimate endorsement. <laughs> that, that really does say a lot. And, you know, I, I think they've kind of varied in terms of like how smart he is. Like, I mean, he's always been smart, but I think in certain instances, they kind of like change it or slightly alter it to show different sides of his character. Because it's sure. like it's always there, but like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is very much more on the end of like academic intellectual. Who his only downfall is he has absolutely awful time management skills. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, they all do <laughs> right. All of them suffer from it, but particularly Toby's. And like True. Andrew, like with his Spider-Man, you know, we saw that he was a little bit more on the academic side as well because you know he literally made his own web which toby didn't have to do because he made it with his body (laughs) with andrew like you know you got flashes of it but you also got more of the the youthful kid side in terms of like how he interacted with gwen like what his interests were like the whole skateboarding and like when i say the whole skateboarding it's not like that's like a childish thing but it was something he did that kind of expressed more of like his youthful energy in a different way than Toby's did. I'm not saying, you know, like, Oh, if you skateboard, you're a child, but you are more likely to be because, you know, 
you you feel a little bit more invincible, like your skateboard can't hurt you. Trust me. Yeah, I've seen it. But <laughs> but, uh, but he was also kind of more like a forensic scientist mm-hmm. or like a forensics worker, because especially in the second, like in, the, in his two movies, he was doing a lot of like piecing stuff together and trying to figure out like how does point A connect to point B. So he's almost kind of doing like more detective stuff. I'm so glad too. you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, like the the thing with Toby Spider-Man is that he tends to be more of like his scope is a little bit different. Like he's more of like these big concepts, like, you know, the stuff he does with Otto Octavius in the second Spider-Man yes. and like his some of his study, whatever studies he does in like the third one. Like y- you can see that his interests are slightly different, whereas like with Andrews, like you mentioned, he's more forensic. And I yeah. think that because I didn't even like think about that. I was like. There's something different about what they study, but that's a really good point you made because I was like, he does something slightly different. And oh, yeah. in that, he actually looks for his parents because apparently Toby doesn't love his parents. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I think it's just more of like, they didn't explore that whole part because I guess Toby just like had moved on and like come to terms with that. Like, yeah, his parents have died. Yeah. Whereas with Andrew, they definitely put that carrot on a stick of like, oh, there's more here than just they simply died. And right, if you yeah. put that in front of someone, especially an intelligent person, they'd be like, well, I got to follow it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and plus, like, if you have, like, any kind of relationship with your parents that's strained or, you know, they, they've been missing or they died or something like that, like, you're going to look for answers naturally. Like, you're going to yeah, look for closure. any way. Yeah, ex- that's a great way to put it. You you said in one word what I was going to say in about a minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you want closure. Like, you want to be able to. Be like, okay, I, I now, whether or not you like the answer, you can, but you can sit back and go, I understand. Move right. on. Yeah. And, no, uh, you can find a way to kind of work around getting there because you're a kid. And that's the thing about Spider-Man is like, he's almost always a kid. I think the only time we've seen an older Spider-Man, at least in live action. So <laughs> we'll get to Spider-Verse. Okay. But I'm saying live action. And remember, this is where that spoiler alert comes in was toby Maguire in no way home true i mean yeah because even doc ock when and i love that scene where they actually kind of got to talk to each other because mm-hmm. you, you almost forgot like oh yeah they actually started off as friends in the second movie mm-hmm. and like respected peers right and when, when he looks at him and goes you finally grew up good for you and uh and, and people pointed out like it's actually a reference to the second movie he was like how are you doing and he just goes, I'm doing a little bit better, which is exact almost word for word what they said back when they first met each other. Yeah, no, that's true. They they definitely paid attention to detail. And th- that was the other thing I want to talk about was like with Doc Ock. He, I mean, obviously, we're going to get to a lot of characters here, but, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of it's going to be very like small doses of what these characters are. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Doc Ock is like they took comic accuracy and kind of said like, we're going to alter this a little bit because the doc Ock in the comics originally, like especially in the amazing Spider-Man, which I, you guys have heard this a thousand times. I grew up getting Spider-Man comics in the newspaper. It was one of my favorite parts of every week. I would count down the days until I got them. Mm-hmm. The thing. Oh, and I just found the, the master collection of all the stuff I had. Cause I was like, I want to finish this. And I was able to find like copies that had like, extra issues so i'm just like super psyched thinking about that i love spider-man but (laughs) the thing about like the doc ock originally is that he was just actually a bad person like (laughs) he 
was straight up evil without the arms. And he like he'd have little thought bubbles where I'm like, I'm actually going to use these arms for bad things. And in the movie, he was just like a normal, kind, caring man who was basically involved in a freak accident. And he got completely turned to the dark side because of that, which I don't know how that science works, but I'm willing to accept it for storyline purposes. It's one of those of like, you have a guy running around dressed as a spy, like you doing spider powers. You're going to draw the line here. (laughs) You know what, Caleb, when you put it that way, (laughs) that's that's fair. uh, I'm thinking from like completely subjective, trying to like remove myself from my comic bookness because like most people when they watch... They're like, this is insane. And I was like, you're absolutely right. But it isn't is. it also great? <laughs> but I did like, because something I did with Doc Ock, Green Goblin, like kind of a common theme with Spider-Man villains is it's almost like they're fighting themselves. Yes. And to me, I feel like that's what they want to really, I mean, how they did in the movies with Doc Ock of the, it's the arms, like they have artifice, they, act, they have intelligence where they can speak to him and, they're constantly telling them to do bad things. And unfortunately, like they're so it's like so loud that he does it. And that's what turns them into, you know, curly mustache evil. Bro. But like uh Bro. What? That's a, that's a that's You're right. You're right. But, like, but when you said uh, curling mustache evil, I immediately flash back to the hospital scene. And I was like, <laughs> okay, hold on, though. Okay, <laughs> like, except for one scene where he turned into, like, a horror movie villain for about two minutes. Where we and, got um, Evil Dead 4. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> even as a kid, I was like, this is genuinely terrifying. No, like, I would skip over that when I was little. Like, I, I didn't want to watch it. Like, I, I rewatched the clip recently. Like, I, I saw the movie recently, like, earlier last year. Wow, last year. We're in 2022. And... Yep. I remember seeing that scene like Alma and I watched it and I was like, that is horrific. Like, (laughs) I was like, that is genuinely a horror movie scene scarier than most horror movies I've seen in a long time, which says a lot because there's been some great horror movies out. But I'm just like, bro, this is from Spider-Man 2. (laughs) I know. They they, they told Sam Raimi, he's like, okay, I know you're pent up. You can let it out now. This is all you get. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but like I felt like the like I know it's weird cuz like you know the arms are talking to him but like it felt like to me it's also doing the whole like fighting with the the evil part the the bad part in your head that everyone has. Mm-hmm. And he very much lost that fight and yeah. just went full on evil. He went full werewolf. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. And I mean a lot of the villains are like that and to your point like and some obviously are far more evil than others. Obviously, not all villains are on the same plateau, but uh, but it has this. You have this wide range. We have like scientists, like uh, and like like with Norman Osborn and Doc Ock, to big game hunters like Craven, who is mm. terrifying in his own right. When you find out, just that man is the personification of the meme of like I won't say the full thing, but of just sheer will. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him terrifying. The power of God and anime on his side. Yeah, of like, you can cut <laughs> both his arms off and he'll still find a way to shoot you. He'll beat like, you with his nubs. <laughs> yeah, and somehow win. But, uh, and then to, and then you have like kind of the, I say B tier just because they are kind of one note 
like Scorpion and Rhino and things like that mm-hmm. to the genuinely complex and very scary, like uh, Carnage and Venom and all of that. It's like it covers the whole gauntlet of types of villains, and it's great. Yep. Also Morbius, too. Yeah, I keep forgetting he is a Spider-Man villain. Which is like, it, it blows my mind because I was like, I, I think like maybe also a part of it is just like seeing the Morbius trailer for the last like five years. I know, like, right? Which I, I'm excited for it. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I, I think bumping it to April was probably a okay call just because it'll, it'll probably make a little bit more money now because uh, it won't be going up against, you know, a little movie called Scream 5, you know. but uh like that movie kind of like you know outside of the spider-man references inside it it feels very much like oh hey like this is its own origin story with a marvel character that like a lot of people are not familiar with and i i think that's smart because morbius is such a cool character and oh yeah i'm hoping but i'm not sure if they're gonna bring him into the universe of like the marvel cinematic universe because all the signs point to like, okay, well, they either did a little switcheroo or he's like in the MCU now because you have Blade in the MCU. And I was like, this could be a perfect way to introduce vampires because you need to for Blade. Otherwise, (laughs) you don't have a Blade movie. (laughs) Yeah. And you need vampires for Blade to work. But um, right. That's multiverse mumbo jumbo. But like, it's cool. Like, having like a rogues gallery that includes like some tragic heroes because like you know you have guys like craven who like craven is not a tragic like he's no no he's just bad and i'm very interested to see how his solo movie turns out especially since they have aaron taylor johnson who i think will do a great job but i was like it's either him jason momoa or i don't know (laughs) but uh but but yeah so as we're telling you i was like a lot of villains that cover ever i mean you saw how much money the two venom movies made and like uh but just spider-man is one of those of like i've i don't think i've said it on the podcast but like i've said it to friends and austin i've talked about this multiple times of like when you have like the ranking of like superheroes not in terms of power but like in popularity and the s tier you very much have like Batman and Superman and mm-hmm. the one Marvel character that you can put on that same level is Spider-Man. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and that's not a diss towards the others. It's just look facts are facts. Sometimes it's like, uh, but it's like he, he's endearing even when in the comics and I won't go into detail about it. When sometimes the comics seemed pretty bent on, trying to destroy spider-man with some of their storylines yeah he's endured all of it we won't get into those but people will probably know especially if you've read spider-man comics you'll be like please don't (laughs) like there's a there's a reason why like i'll put it this way no way home is a better version of one more day yeah i don't want to Exactly. No. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's a few. Ooh. Like, all I gotta do is say the title, and we don't have to talk about it. You can Google it for yourself, and you'll quickly understand why we don't want to talk about it. I'll just say and, one uh, other thing. Radioactive. Oh Lord. Yeah, I know. Well, you'll probably know if you know, but <laughs> Spider-Man has 
Spider-Man's interesting, not just because like his rogues gallery is so good and they tend to translate to screen very well, regardless of how much they change their character. Uh, Sandman, I'm looking at you. Yeah, you're amazing. Uh, but the thing with Spider-Man is that like he has pretty much survived everything that's ever been thrown at him. Yep, he is. If nothing else, durable. Yes. And, you know, that's not like a knock on writers because like art is art and art is subjective and people are going to, you know, you got to do something different with the character. Sometimes things work, sometimes things don't. But Spider-Man and like his entire legacy has just remained completely intact. Like, yeah, absolutely nothing has been impacted by whatever storyline does or does not work. And it it, like, I, I think that's why people like don't hold too harsh of an opinion on some of the like not so successful Spider-Man stories because even though they're like yeah let's just not talk about it like that in itself is like indicative of of, like how amazing Spider-Man is because if they're just like we'll just ignore that and appreciate all the other good stuff we have like oh yeah that's pretty rad I mean (laughs) it is it's like well because also he I think it's because of how much stuff there has been about him like I mean of course we have the 60s cartoon which y'all love to make fun of and has made some of my favorite Spider-Man memes when people went frame by frame finding ways to caption the weirdness of that cartoon. <laughs> and uh, they're the best. They are, but, um, they're amazing. I love memes. I, <laughs> uh, but then you have like the 90s cartoon, the, as I've alluded to before, the MTV cartoon where Neil Patrick Harris was Spider-Man. Whoa. Uh, m- my favorite, the spectacular Spider-Man that came out in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. I... Loved that show so much. Uh, and so people, it's almost like one of the, it's kind of like with X-Men because so many shows and series and stuff have been made about them over the decades. It's almost like everyone has like, oh, this is the one I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man's in that same category. And also he would cross over in everything. Mm-hmm. Like he was in a, a couple episodes of the X-Men uh, cartoon. And the oh, X-Men were in a couple of right. ep- yeah, and he actually ran a couple episodes of the Spider-Man cartoon. And, like, yep. it's like, you couldn't, it's like you couldn't not put Spider-Man in stuff because it's like, you're, it's silly not to. And also, because right. like, I think it's also because he perfectly, with his humor, he perfectly compliments whoever he's with. Yes. It doesn't matter who you pair him up with. It works. Which, right. some of my favorite, one of my favorite pairings is him with Wolverine. I'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> by all like the laws of everything that makes sense, they should not work together at all. And no. it's, I, I personally, this is just my opinion. I think they're like a better odd couple than Wolverine and Deadpool, which I'm sure I'm probably in the minority on that because Wolverine and Deadpool is essentially perfect because Wolverine c- literally cannot shut up Deadpool. But yep. <laughs> I, that's like my favorite thing about it is like, what are you going to do? Kill him? You can't. <laughs> that uh, like that dynamic just works. But like the thing with like Spider-Man and Wolverine is like Wolverine just is pure unbridled anger. And yes. Spider-Man tends to be on the more like sarcastic, like more academic approach because like, well, Wolverine is literally invincible steel claws. Why would you need to study? Yeah. You're going to live forever I'll go, too. <laughs> like, I'll just go, I'll just go claw them until I win. Exactly. Like, Me slash tell you die is the best yeah. way to describe Wolverine. And 
it, it, it like just the gruffness versus like that youthful kind of like ah oh, come on bub like yeah it, it works super well i also think it's because logan doesn't want to admit that like i think sometimes there's some characters logan kind of i think views as almost like his kids mm-hmm. rogue definitely being one of them oh my gosh that's like number one yeah that's why he it's part of the reason why Wolverine doesn't like Gambit. He's very much being the overprotective dad. Yeah. And, <laughs> you keep that uh, Cajun man away from my daughter. <laughs> basically. Because <laughs> he's like, it's like, well, why don't you like him? I was like, I know people like him. I know what he's about. Listen, <laughs> listen to his accent and tell me you don't know what that man is all about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I also think he sees like Peter Parker like that because I think he also feels for people that have gone through tragedy because the number one thing Wolverine wants to do is avoid people ending up like him. Mm -hmm. That's why he took such a liking to X 23 because he did not want her to be bitter and angry like he is. Right. And And she's also a literal clone of him. So it, it does. Exactly. But that's why he, especially with her, he's like, Oh, so you actually have the uh, composition for that to happen. But like with Peter, he's like, I don't want you to become like me. That's like, that's, that's Wolverine's ultimate like legacy. He doesn't want to, he does not want there to be more Logans in the world. Right. And, uh, yeah. He's like, can we just end it with like me, please? Yeah. <laughs> when I eventually do die, like I want it to end with me. That's a big and, if uh, Caleb. <laughs> I know. Right. Like the man has literally been sent to hell and came back. I so. know he, <laughs> I, it's kind of why I love Logan so much. Like quick sidebar. That's kind of why I love Logan because like my worry with Wolverine was that they're essentially just going to have his character run forever. And then with Logan, they found a really great way to kind of like tell his story and then like wrap it up. And I just like, there, there's something special about that, you know? And oh yeah, d- just a quick sidebar about like that, but well, like course. we're going to have to do a Wolverine episode sometime in the future. Oh, because absolutely. Wolverine is, Ooh, he's a top 10 for sure, I think. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But like, I just brought that up with Spider-Man too, because like, because he's paired with most people. And I think it's, as I was pointing out, like, because like with Wolverine, he's a, he's very much like trying to give him that useful, like, and I think that's what Wolverine reminds, like Peter reminds him of, like, oh, that youthfulness of like, oh, I you need that. Or like when Spider-Man's paired up with Deadpool, he's like, suddenly he's the one that's having to just like fight the urge to try and kill him. Because Deadpool doesn't shut up. What's the the meme? It's like, I was like you once, young and full of life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it goes like with Deadpool, he's trying to fight the urge to be like, okay, now I know. Oh, so that's what it's like to be on this side of things. uh, (laughs) Chimichangas. I know, but like (laughs) their humor actually works well together because Deadpool's fully aware, you know, he's fully aware. Spider-Man is not, but they still make good jokes off each other. And then you pair Spider-Man up with like the defenders, like the stuff he does when he's paired up with Iron Man or with Cap is good stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Especially when Tony has to admit that Spider-Man is actually as smart as he is. It's right. like, oh, well, which, that hurts my yeah. ego. Well, he <laughs> full on admits it basically in like the MCU movies, which is kind of cool, uh, but also led to, you know. The, the people kind of trying to decide whether or not he was Spider-Man or like, sort of like Iron Man 2.0 which is not a di- like like I don't think people should see that as an insult and you know, it, it's Spider-Man and Spider-Man should always just be Spider-Man 
Yeah. But well, it, it felt like a large part of his character development centered almost enti- entirely around Tony. Yes. And that's just, that's not how that works. Like, and it's not that he doesn't know who Tony is. It's not that he doesn't know who the, like, Spider-Man is an Avenger. But yeah. the thing is, he's, it's kind of like in the Justice League cartoon when Green Arrow looked at Batman going, hey, I don't want to be a part of this. And it's not because y'all aren't doing good stuff. It's because while y'all are dealing with whatever world ending bad guy, I'm the one standing up for the gas station owner that's getting robbed. I am literally Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but Spider-Man's also, that's his thing of like, while the Avengers deal with uh, Red Skull or Loki or whatever, Spider-Man is the one making sure the person getting mugged in an alleyway gets saved. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Cause he's literally looking out for the neighborhood and Hey Spidey do a flip. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, my favorite. <laughs> I just, cause like I'm agreeing with you in that. Like that's, I felt like they, like with the uh, Tom Holland ones, like they wanted him to be part of the Avengers so badly they took away that aspect of like, yeah, he helps the Avengers, but he prioritizes New York over that. Unless it's like a world ending threat, then he'll help. Right. And, and I think viewing it, especially after seeing No Way Home now, viewing it as like, a, oh, this is kind of his origin story, which is like, I, I have interesting feelings about because I like that. I, I like that we didn't just get like a traditional origin story, but I'm also like, okay, so like, where do we go from here? Because he's like, are we going to get more of like J. Jonah Jameson? I don't think so because they basically made the Daily Bugle Infowars in the MCU. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think that a lot of audiences would find it endearing to have Spider-Man working with Infowars as like a photographer. I just my opinion. But <laughs> I am I'm curious to see like what, you know, they do with him now that he is spider-man like maybe this is the end of his journey for right now and down the line we can have him you know be brought back and have you know like some closure with you know mj and ned and all that but yeah it's hard to say because like on one hand i like what they did with him on the other hand i was like yeah you know like he was trying to become spider-man and i'm like i think time will tell but like I do like the fact that, you know, like Tom Holland has brought so much to the role of Spider-Man. I think that like, you know, in the myth, in the midst of like discussing whether or not, you know, like how we feel about his characterization, the, the way that he embodied Spider-Man felt very much like what I imagined Spider-Man would be like. Yeah, no, I've never disliked his portrayal. Mm-hmm. It just, like I said, it just had that thing that was missing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is not his fault. <laughs> would, yeah, no, 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 no one's fault no, really well, no no I mean I would I mean I would tell the writers like y'all could have gotten here sooner mm-hmm. and uh, cause I'm, I guess it's just a thing of like especially with like Toby and Andrew like they got all that done fairly quickly mm-hmm. and to me I thought it was a little weird it took three movies to finally get there but once again I don't dislike what he did I it worked like mm-hmm. He's the awkward kid that's just trying his best, screwing up most of the time, but he always somehow fixes it in the end. Yeah. And uh and the way like and we talked about this before we recorded, but like with that Doctor Strange fight, like how he uh he's gonna outsmart you. And it's really like 
And may not outsmart you as in like, oh, I'm more intelligent because no, it's Doctor Strange. He's literally one of the smartest men in Marvel. Yeah. But more like, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna go from this from an angle you weren't expecting, and take advantage of you being like, like the uh, trying to think of the way to put it. Like while you're taken off guard, I'm, that's gonna be my moment to like, uh, well, quote unquote, win the fight when he tied him up in the mirror mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Even if he didn't beat him. He just slowed him down. Right. He he gave himself the chance to do what he set out to do, and because. Yeah. I, I think I talked with a couple of my friends about this and I was like, cause not all of my friends are like as into comics as like you and I are Caleb. And mm-hmm. I was like, guys, they nerfed Dr. Strange so hard oh, you <laughs> because don't understand. they had to <laughs> like that man, like that whole fight, no way home. He literally could have just been like order to spell. Spider-Man would have just came straight to him. He would have taken the box and been like, and I'm going to put you halfway across the world. Okay. Thanks. Bye. He literally could have skadoskadeened him into oblivion within seconds, and he didn't. Well, <laughs> which is fine. I will say, what you said, like he didn't want to hurt him because he understood where he was coming from, right? And he, you I, know, he likes the kid. He he likes Peter, so it's like you're not going to murder your friend. <laughs> and that's the other thing that Spider Man has that has made him so endearing. He has this charm to where you can't help but like, you can't help but like him. Like, yeah. even when he was asking him to do the crazy thing, like, mind wipe the world, Doctor Strange was like, I'd say no, but I really like a kid, so let's go do it. And yeah. Which is so funny when he was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll erase everyone's memory of you being uh, Spider-Man. And then got mad at him when he's like, you literally didn't appeal for MIT. I was like, that was so funny. Yeah, no, that would have, I would have been pissed too. <laughs> like, like, you are you serious? <laughs> You thought it would be simpler for me to brainwash the entire world than making a phone call? Well, it is magic. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone knows magic is a fix-all. No problems there. Nothing can ever go wrong. Oh, I know. (laughs) I'm just now thinking once again of the Ben Affleck meme with him with the cigarette. Just like, ugh. Yeah, where he's like, come (laughs) on. I gotta do everything around here. (laughs) I know. Truth be told. Doctor Strange. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, Doctor Strange is the Mr. Mulligan for Marvel, like flashes for DC. <laughs> like, oh, well. <sighs> when you said flash in DC, I was like, Caleb, not yeah, right now. I know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. I know. If you know, you know, but I know. We're not gonna touch that. Yeah. We're we're not here to talk smack. I was just like, we have had a lot of information thrown our way. <laughs> is it that, yeah. that's all I'm gonna say? I was like, I'm so like it's gonna take up a lot of my brain space for about the next 11 months like it's gonna be what it is so i just uh, i do love the flash though that's a great comparison we gotta do a flash episode sometime Uh, absolutely yeah i would love that uh, but like they have similar kind of like traverse into areas where they shouldn't be able to which is so funny because like you would think dr fate would do that in dc but well, that well, the fate part of it is what keeps us from doing that. Um, you know what? When you put it that way, Caleb, <laughs> well, but the like, thing is, is Doctor Fate can be Doctor Strange. That's oh, just yeah, my opinion. They prove that. They, they well, yeah, one channel did, but they also just basically said what I was thinking. And in relation to that, you have someone who's basically an Avengers level threat on every level, or a Justice League level threat, get defeated by geometry because Spider-Man was able to use his skill set to beat him. And that's yeah. the whole point I was trying to make this time. 
Oh, no, sure. Like, Spider-Man knows, like, he knew Strange was not trying to kill him or even hurt him. He just wanted to get the box back. So it's like, oh, he's not trying to hurt me. I can use that to my advantage. Yeah. And I'm not dead, which means I can win. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's kind of that thing of like when Batman fights Superman. And he's like, the fact I'm not dead already means Superman is taking it easy on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, huh. I'm alive. <laughs> so, oh, he's holding back very clearly. Thank you but, for um, that. <laughs> uh, but that's what, like, he has this charm that, like, people just, you just naturally cheer for the kid or grown man, whatever it may be. Like, and like you said, with Enter the Spider-Verse, we had Peter B. Parker. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved him so much. We're going to have to talk <laughs> about Spider-Verse because I think Spider-Verse is still the best Spider-Man movie ever. It's, it's fantastic because so it finally gave me what I wanted. I wanted a grown-up Peter Parker. And I finally got it. Don't you mean, I want pictures of Spider-Man, Caleb? Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect opportunity there, sir. <laughs> but, uh, I want photos of Spider-Man! But, Ugh. oh man, but like, Speaking of, it reminds me of the spectacular Spider-Man when uh, JJ in that cartoon, he was like, three words. Uh, he was like, four words. Parker, why are you here? And uh, 17 words. If you don't get those, and he like, says something like, if you don't get those photos, I'll fire you next day. And Peter just goes, one, two. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> he probably has practiced using those exact like lines on people, which I love about yeah. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, he is. He is a great way because it's common knowledge that uh, JJ's a self-insert of Stanley. Because Stanley's even admitted like he's a self-insert. Yeah. But he's he's a great way of how you can do that without it overtaking the story. It's just a cool side thing. Yeah. And, no, and they do a good job of like having Jonah be like this character that isn't just like one note. Because like the thing with Jonah's character is like it would be so easy to fall into the trap of just like basically being one simple character and i I think he embodies the idea of like what a great side character should be because in in every movie and this includes no way home too like i know the whole info wars joke but like even with that like you can see like oh he started somewhere like he has a a, like a character element to him that isn't just i hate spider-man he actually has like some layers to him and i think that's you know that that's cool that they you know at least try to do different things with his character but that's why, that's why i'm glad they incorporated the at the end of the no way home when you talk about like oh well he's wearing a mask and people who wear a mask have something to hide i'm like that's from the comics yeah almost word for word i, I think it is word for word actually <laughs> I, think, I think you're right caleb <laughs> i know i was like that's why jj hates spider-man because he's big on like if you're going to stand up for truth and all that you should mm-hmm. be willing to show your face what do you have to hide yeah he he Which wants course, what he believes to be the truth. And I think that's yeah. what's so compelling about his character is like, even if people don't agree with what he wants, you can still understand his motivation. Yes. Because mm-hmm. there was a comic where Peter actually hung out with JJ for a little bit. And mm-hmm. they both came to an understanding of, oh, you're not as bad as I thought you were. Right. It's, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, also, J. Jonah Jameson it's kind of a ride or die because in the original Spider-Man with Toby, when Green Goblin tries to interrogate him and he's like, where do you get photos of Spider-Man? And he's like, I don't know. He just drops him off through the mail. And he like defends him. I was like, bro, 
he puts on for his city. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this no, man refuses to snitch. <laughs> Dude, no, it's true. It's like when we read the uh when we covered uh uh Born Again, the Daredevil comic. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's that part where the the journalists were like, Oh my gosh, if we pursue this, it's gonna go after Kingpin. And it's like, we can't do that. And Jonah's like, why not? Do it. I was like, but but he's scary. And Jonah's like, I don't care. Expose him. It's like, well, here's the deal, bro. <laughs> I know that's different, but like, <laughs> like I know, I know. I mean, I know it's like, are are you trying to guarantee death? No. But um if the answer is but, usually yes when it comes to Kingpin. <laughs> but what I'm saying, but well, I'm just saying is that like he as much of a well, as much of an ass as he can come across because he is, mm-hmm. he's not evil. No. He he very much has his code and his morals, and by God, he's gonna stick by them. Like you're saying, literally being threatened by one of the scarier Spider-Man villains and does not back down. <sighs> yeah, no, he's uh he's kind of one of the true heroes. And you you can also tell that he kind of likes Spider-Man too. Cause like, I mean, in Spider-Man too, when he has, when he's wearing the, uh, the Spider-Man suit <laughs> and he, you know, he has it up on the wall and everything and he starts to get all emotional. And then as soon as the suit gets stolen back, he's like, I hate you, Spider-Man. Like, yep. it's so, uh, it, it's brilliant. I'm, it's, it's really funny. I, I love the, the levels and, and layers that they give to him particularly. Well, we didn't get him in the Andrew Garfield one, which is too bad because they alluded to him. And yeah. we see an email from him, but like we didn't get the chance to, because I think we were going to get a sinister six movie and that's, you know, that's just too bad that it didn't work out. But the way that JK Simmons, number one, if you've seen whiplash, that man is terrifying. <laughs> the energy that he brings to every single role. Like he is a true, like he can do pretty much anything he wants. The way yeah. that he embodies JJ feels like exactly what I imagine the character would be like no matter the medium which is probably why they've had him in every single iteration that has been brought yeah. to life <laughs> I mean and that's why and the funny thing is I know some people are like well how could you do that with multiverse now I'm like the easiest way to explain that and both DC and Marvel have done this before of in different multiverses there's there are some constants to where mm-hmm. like some characters are the same person in every universe mm-hmm. and you could just say JJ's one of them Exactly. And that's, that's it. That's all. And, uh, but like, he is one of those of like, it literally looks like he walked off the page. Yeah. And acts exactly how, like, oh my gosh. When he's like, he's looking at the guy, he's like looking at Parker's like, get out of here. You're fired. Hey, we need a picture of Spider Man. Get, get, get back here. You have a job. Get back here. And, <laughs> <laughs> Just the manic, like, okay, no, now. Okay, bye. No, I love this. Yeah. I hate this. Er. And it. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, like, do you not trust anybody? I trust my barber. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> as he should, actually. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, he does such a great job. But, like, he, the importance of, I think, having a great J. Jonah Jameson is crucial to, like, your Spider Man as well. Because, like, well, you know, when we finally got J. Jonah in the MCU, it was. It's pretty amazing. It caught me completely off guard. But people were cheering in the theater than when I saw it. Oh yeah, no, fear going nuts. He, there's something about that character that reminds me, like, oh yeah, no, we're this is Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Because like without yes. JJ, you're missing the whole 
like part of what makes uh like Spider-Man relatable as well is like having a boss that like is kind of off their rocker a little bit or kind of erratic, I should say. And yeah. a, a little bit more of an eccentric character, but someone that like, you know, they still pay you. You, you know, yeah. you, I mean, they're your source of income. You're doing your best, but like you kind of get that like that relationship of like, yeah, they're their boss, but like they also want Spider Man and you're Spider Man. And you're like conflicted because you're like, I can make this work, but also like this guy hates my guts. It, it's such like an interesting like clash of interest. Like I I enjoy that part of like the Spider Man relationship with him. Also, like the way that basically like Raimi's team and everyone that basically created the same Raimi Spider-Man movies, the way that they wrote Jay Jonah really, I think gave him extra heft and character and really brought out like number one, the things that we love about the Spider-Man stories, but also like how important the side characters are to Spider-Man and his development, not just his villains, but like him and like even aunt may and like, (sighs) hate to say it, uncle Ben too, even though he's around Mm -hmm. for like, I pages. <laughs> like, yep. Well, no, it's true. I mean, but like some side characters you need, it, it would be like, it'd be like trying to tell a Batman story without Alfred and Gordon. Yeah. Which ooh. like, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, or like trying to tell like a Superman story without uh Lois Lane. Yeah. And I would also argue Jimmy Olsen, but they have found ways. They um, have uh Batman V Superman has currently entered the chat. We, I know <laughs> when well, we I do our Batman like, V Superman episode, we'll talk about that more, but like, there, there's certain characters where it's like if they show up, like sometimes they're just going to get used differently. And yeah. the thing with Spider-Man characters is more often than not, they're at least consistent in terms of their presentation, especially the side characters. Yes, because they serve a very specific purpose. Except and for, uh, well, no, I'll, I'll count it like Betty Brant. Yeah, uh, they, I get they did change her, but they also used her in a way that I thought was interesting. Like I was like, you know what? Like, I can roll with that. I, 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 can, yeah. I can work with that. But also just like when you find out, I mean, and pun kind of intended, but like with Spider-Man stories, how like it becomes an entangled web. Because mm-hmm. uh, like for instance, <laughs> in, in the Raimi movies, <laughs> uh, ah, okay. I, I think the Raimi movies showed it really well of like, Spider-Man had nothing to do with Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. He did that to himself. Right. But because of that, it led to Harry becoming Hobgoblin. The whole thing with him and MJ going, being on and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like him being there with like Doc Ock and then like it like built on itself. And that's kind of how Spider-Man works. It's like, it's like the more he tries to fix things, it's almost like the worse it gets, mm-hmm. which is also very relatable because a lot of people understand that feeling mm-hmm. of yeah. I'm trying to fix it. Why is it getting worse? How's the fire getting bigger? I'm using water. <laughs> Raiden from MK9 would like to talk to you about this. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's literally that. <laughs> you don't mess with the timeline too much unless you want everything to get substantially worse. <laughs> no, it's true. And like, it just makes it like, just, it just makes it very compelling too. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, even though I have my thoughts about how they handled when Harry finally became Hobgoblin, mm-hmm. but the whole story of him descending down into that madness, I loved. Mm hmm. I mean, Agreed. even even in the cartoons, they handled that really well. Yes, I'm glad uh, you brought that up because that, that was actually my introduction to Hobgoblin was. Oh yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. And it's super sad because it's just like and just like 
to your point about what you said about with Doc Ock, how they changed up for the movies, I did like with Green Goblin how they also changed that up. Of it was almost like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they kept I, that. They I, I like yeah. that they kept that consistent with uh, No Way Home too. Except, yeah. well, they implied more that like the bad side was winning, but like th- that's kind of Goblin's whole shtick is like he's kind of the peak Spider-Man villain in terms of like pure evil. Like some people, I think, especially like newer comic readers, which is like. I'm not, you know, ragging on you because just it times change. You grow up with what you grow up with. But like, I think a lot of people kind of look towards Venom almost uh, like in, in a certain generation. They'll be like, oh, well, Venom's like the peak, uh, like Spider-Man villain. And I'm like, or, or they'll say Doc Ock, which actually Doc Ock is a very good like guesstimate. But like Green Goblin's kind of always been the one that really, I think, has tested Peter Parker the most. And I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you do because well, no, I, a lot the, of people seem to look at me like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "What well, are you talking about?" <laughs> like, it's the similarities of they both. Well, the difference is Peter obviously got the spider bite unwillingly, where Norman willingly injected himself with the. Well, go ahead and say this because I was telling this to my fiance. I laughed in no way, not laughed, but like I was just like smiling when that final fight between Goblin and. Uh, uh, Spider-Man took yeah. place on the Captain America shield. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, I was like, huh? Cause the goblin serum was them trying to recreate Captain America. Yeah. And obviously in the movies, they couldn't talk about that cause of rights issues, mm-hmm. but that's what it was in the comics. So I was like, ah, the irony <laughs> and, uh, the iron E <laughs> man. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, I know. I know. <laughs> Go to jail bunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. But, um, but like it's just the similarities that they both got like something put in them that gave them these powers, and where Spider-Man is like he became an even better version of himself. Goblin became a worse version of himself. Yeah, it happens and, to well, not me, but it certainly happened to Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah, and I did like because I mean, but the thing is, I I like they also alluded to because I know some people are like, well, he's a sympathetic villain. I'm like, no, he's not. Because the good side, even though the good side obviously is very much being held hostage by the bad side, mm-hmm. they do show how like the good side still plays along. Yeah. The good and side like doesn't complicit. have the strength to to do the right thing. Which yeah. I I mean, granted, like, you know, there there's always like variables and factors, but like that's kind of the thing I appreciate about about Green Goblin is like there's elements of his story that are tragic, but deep down, like he's always going to be the bad guy. Yeah, if he was a good person deep down, he would win. Yeah. And like uh Doc uh, Ock in the second Spider-Man yeah. where he literally just mind powers over the arms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and when they turned off when they turned when they turned it off in No Way Home, he was good. I thought he was down, dead. He, I, I know. I thought know. they'd killed him. I was like, oopsie. <laughs> but like but it showed like because deep down, Otto's a good person. And uh but I did like, cause, uh, but I know we talked about this, but like, just, I really just like green goblin. of just like, he wants, I mean, he very much is, he just wants to watch the world burn mm-hmm. and he wants everyone to be a miserable SOB like he is. Yeah. And that's why I love that part when, right before they had that last fight, when Tom's looking, went, well, I'm just going to kill you myself. And he just goes, Atta boy. <laughs> He's like, yes, yes, let the hate flow through you. Basically, (laughs) he was pulling a Palpatine. (laughs) Which, now that I think about it, if they had had to cast anyone else besides 
who played the original um like palpatine i'm sorry i can't remember his name right now we're, we're I, juggling right. a lot yes uh but he's amazing i can hardly see anyone else as the emperor except maybe for willem dafoe because yeah i mean he can go very much from that like very nice talking to like the grovelly like evil voice but yes, um yes good harry <laughs> oh yeah and just like i have like okay my one like small critique i have like with no way home is uh-huh. i understood the whole like aunt may being like hey you need to like we need to give these guys a second chance mm-hmm. i'm like okay may can i call you may may please just listen some of those guys sure like lizard sandman you can even argue electro sure Green Goblin is straight up evil. Yeah. There has no second chances with him. Right. I mean, they did find a way to cure him in the movie, but like that's because magic, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the thing with him is like Spider-Man villains, like especially in that universe. Like, I- I'm actually glad you brought up Electro because, like, comic-wise, like Electro is actually one of the few characters that had like more of a mild moral code than a lot of the other ones. Like Sandman straight up would have killed everyone in the original comics. And in this one, he's like, he's made me cry a couple times. And Mm -hmm. it's so weird because like with Electro, like he actually did have a sympathetic background. Like in, in the amazing Spider-Man two, he does too. Like it's a little bit different, but in the original amazing Spider-Man, like, you know, he's still, you know, a criminal, but he has a moral code that he tries to follow. And yeah, he's kind of more of a Captain Cold kind of thing. He that's a great that's a great comparison. He yeah. doesn't want to kill people. He just wants to basically be left alone to do what he wants. Yeah, and he wants to do what he wants, but but he's not he's not a uh, he's not murder happy like a Carnage. Right. Yeah. This is <laughs> not the same character. He's just like just leave me alone. I just want power yeah. and money. And like I think it, in one of the original comics. Uh, it's probably like the 20th issue ever of Spider-Man or like something in that range. He uh, Spider-Man tries to stop him and forgets that like basically his entire body is electricity and he gets electrocuted and Electro's like, uh, I didn't mean to do that. Like <laughs> he was like, hello, sir. He thought he killed him and he's like, well, I can't, can't fix that. And <laughs> you know, that leads Spider-Man to uh, like have like rubber attachments on like his wrist and his, his legs and like on his suit that yeah. he uses to like block the electricity to defeat uh, electro. And I think he uses like water or something, but it, it's that, that part of it where I'm just like, Oh, that's really interesting that like, you know, they essentially incorporated like small elements of his backstory to be like, Oh yeah, no, he's not completely evil. He's oh, yeah. just I mean, a villain though, because he wants power because of it's basically warped his entire brain chemistry to pursue something that, was part of what he originally wanted, but in a way that is very villainous. And that's just like, I mean, that's just a villain thing in, in general. No, but that's true. They do a good job I, with that. I, I, that is one thing I do really like about Jamie Foxx's Electro. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, a bunch of those villains, like the Electro, Rhino, uh, Sandman, and those, like, they've always kind of been like the muscle for the top, for the higher tier villains, like Green mm-hmm. Goblin, Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Like, which is not, I mean, look, Everyone, it, it works. Not every villain is going to be like on the same level as like Loki or Red Skull. That's just not true. But um, like the ultimate, uh, the ultimate version of Rhino. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I <laughs> see. I I played the the Ultimate Spider Man video game, which, by the way, is actually great really great. And really fun. I I love that you can play as Venom, dude. That's cool. But like, they had a fight scene with Rhino, and it, he's basically like this giant robot that like you revealed is like this whiny little man. And I'm just like that is that is super weird. <laughs> I'm not and sure it, how I feel about that. Yeah, the only person that should be like that is Mysterio. Because mm-hmm. that's the joke, is that he puffs himself up to look so menacing and scary. Yeah, And then it's like, you punch him once, he's like, I give up. Well, yeah, because he has no special powers. <laughs> like, yeah. He literally just, just has like the art of special effects. Which Yeah, basically you're really fighting cool. the Mythbusters. <laughs> right, but that's really cool. I, that's something I like about him, is like, you shouldn't every fight with a villain should not just be punchy punch boom bang you're dead like yes. and that that's kind of what i enjoy about Mysterio is that he literally is like i am at a complete disadvantage but i do have the power of basically gaslighting you and- yeah <laughs> and then, and that can get like his whole thing is if you can get in your head rent free he's basically one Right. Now he can do whatever he wants. Which is and it's so funny when I think about how they like dressed him up in the uh the Far From Home, where like yeah. they had the original costume for a lot of it, and then it ended up just kind of being like fake. And he's like in a mocap suit almost the entire time. I know. It kills me. I'm just like, that's so even, like <laughs> that's a mysterial move. Even the suit is fake. <laughs> Everything is fake. And I just I, I love that about his character. I'm I'm curious if they, because Bruce Campbell's going to be in Multiverse of Madness. What if he gets to be Mysterio finally? Who knows? That is a, we'll have to wait and see. I will accept if he's either Mysterio or if he actually is Ash, which, I mean, the rights nightmare that comes with that. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, right? How do you not? But, How do um, you not do that? And then, uh, what, what were you going to say? Uh, well, I was going to say, like, one of the other things that I think helps with Spider-Man as well of like why he's endearing is because well, we talk about how like Iron Man's all over the place when it comes to like the MCU. Mm-hmm. Well, in the Marvel comics, it's like it's almost like that, but with Captain America, because the amount of people that are have been inspired by Steve, mm-hmm. it's like Punisher. Heck, even Deadpool was inspired by Steve Rogers because as a kid he watched all the stuff. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh Spider-Man very much looks up to Steve because they're both from New York. It's like that scene in the Civil War. It's like, hey, just a kid. It's like, wait, you're from Brooklyn? It's like, yeah, I'm from Queens. <laughs> he's like, Brooklyn. And he's like, you mean that really gentrified hipster spot in New York? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like really confused. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't think your Brooklyn is the same Brooklyn anymore, my friend. <laughs> yeah. But like the point, like. <laughs> I just Spider- had to throw uh, that out there. No, no, like, no it was funny. No, no, you're like, right. But like, wait, what? Steve and Peter both like got along because they're both from New York and uh, they would work together a lot. But like the aspect he took from Steve that makes Spider-Man endearing is he will stand up to literally anyone. Yeah. Does not matter how much of a power mismatch it is. Just as Steve Rogers has stood up to Wolverine, he has stood up to the Phoenix and Endgame. He stood up to Thanos and his entire army. He had no idea backup was about to come. It was like, I'll do it myself. <laughs> he's all <laughs> bruised and bloody. And he's like, I can probably do this for a little longer, but not all day. <laughs> I know. He's like, but like that speaks to the character of like, he's mm-hmm. always going to fight the good fight. Yeah. And to me, what 
perfectly encapsulates that for me with Spider-Man was from Avengers versus X-Men when there's a part in the comics where the Phoenix force goes into five different X-Men and then Namor gets defeated. So it splits into the last four. Two of them is Colossus and magic. Mm -hmm. And Spider-Man goes to fight them by himself because he's trying to rescue some of the Avengers that they captured. And boy, he proceeds to get his butt handed to him. And yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't give up. He's sitting there. He's like, cause basically his strategy was to get them to start. Cause he knows the Phoenix corrupts your mind mm -hmm. and you start getting very jealous of power. Mm -hmm. So he's like, if he can survive long enough to get them to fight each other, he might win this fight. Right. Well, he's strategic too. And that, that's kind of like quick side note about captain America. Sorry. We keep doing this, but like <laughs> in, in comparison, like, I actually think that Spider-Man and Captain America, like beyond just the whole like New York thing, I think that their characters are very similar in that they have the attitude of like, I may not be the best, but I'm going to be my best. And yeah. like, cause Captain America is never known for being like extremely powerful. Like he's strong he, and he's still a super soldier, but he's not the strongest character in the universe. His power comes from his ability to always be optimistic and do the right thing and stand up to stuff even when it's difficult to. And with mm -hmm. Spider-Man, he kind of has a similar attitude of like, I'm just Spider-Man. I don't know if I have this in me, which they absolutely nailed in Far From Home when he's like, yes. I don't think I can do it. I like, I don't think I believe in myself enough to do it, but he found it within him to do it. And I think Captain America having kind of like a similar like optimistic attitude is why so many people love him. Because I think a lot of people misunderstand not so much spider-man spider-man's a very like easy character to understand but like when you have a character like captain america captain america can get a little bit more complex because like the idea of what america is can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people for better or for worse and people forget that captain america is just trying to do the right thing even if he's not successful even if he doesn't yeah. know exactly what it is he's always just there to try and do the moral thing that he knows is is all he knows like yeah. he's literally the poster boy of like i'm trying to use everything at my disposal to make life better for everybody else and yes. even if he's like and captain america quote unquote like he's not team america he's just a guy <laughs> like, yeah no and that's that's what makes it work mm -hmm. and like fireman is very much the same way where he's just like i just want to make the world a little bit better yeah and whatever i can do to make that happen cool and people can get behind that because it's like it kind of reminds me of the uh because it's like the we can't <laughs> obviously 99.9 .9 of people aren't going to be in a situation where you have to where you're going to have to like fight off a crazy person that's trying to like absorb the world's power mm -hmm. but there's the little ways every day you can be a good person and that's kind of what spider-man's all about of like Find ways to be a good person every day. Mm -hmm. And I just, I do like that about him. And like I said, like I said, and he struggles and he does fail sometimes. Like, uh, like fireman play, like he, Peter is a big reason why Eddie Brock gets to the point that he gets infected by this, by the venom symbiote. And yeah. he, Peter's a reason why that happened. Yeah. And except in uh, uh except in the MCU now it seems, which I'm I'm curious to see what they do with that. 
Yeah, I yeah, I that's one of those like I have so many questions and I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I love that that entire like end credit scene with Venom was basically just a, a meme. Like <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's it's so fitting for the character of like because Venom has gone through several incarnations and one of my favorites is Lethal Protector, where he kind of has a sense of humor about everything. And it's kind of why I have a soft spot for the Venom movies, particularly the second one. I think the second one actually nails it. But there's just something like about like how he slowly transforms from like, I hate you, Spider-Man. I hate you to like almost becoming like the darker, edgier, anti-hero version of him. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but yeah, so it's just, yeah. Like, and that's the thing with Spider-Man as well. It's like the, all the spinoff stuff from him has been super successful. Like I said, like with Venom and, Spider Gwen, yeah, like Spider Gwen, which, like I said, we'll see how that because, like, I know people joke how like they brought her into the universe because she was so popular. I'm like, I read her comics; they started off great, but there was a drop. Mm-hmm. So I think I know the real reason why they brought her into the main universe. Yeah, well, I, that's she, the thing. She is, is an like, interesting character. Yes, and I'll give her that. I, I agree completely, and I think the Spider Verse really showed, like, hey, this character kind of rules, and she she can bring something interesting to the table. I'm really curious to see what they do about it because it's nice to have Gwen Stacy back, but like alive, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it sounds dark, but it's interesting like to see what they're going to do with her if they bring her in. And then we have Miles Morales, who, by the way, I think is my favorite Spider-Man because Miles Morales just kind of rules. Like he just is very like Peter Parker's amazing. And it's not like it's like, oh, a wide gap. Because there's things I like about all versions of Spider-Man. And I think with Miles Morales, I, I just feel like he has more of a a youthful kind of sense of like. Well, he, he hasn't like been his relationship near with as much as Peter. He what? He hasn't been beaten down near as much as Peter has. Right. And I think because like Miles Morales has only been around for X amount of years, he is sort of still growing and learning. And that's something I like about him is he still feels very fresh. And, you know, we get a different perspective of like he he feels very much like Spider-Man and that he embodies a lot of what New York can be, but from a different background, you know, just even from like a race perspective too. like that's something like, you know, obviously you and I might not really like understand that as much as, you know, like someone of like a different background, if you're black or like Hispanic and it it brings like because New York is a very diverse city. And I think with Miles Morales you get like a different perspective of New York and you get like a different like embodiment of like a similar character and how, you know, like that character is inspired by Peter Parker, which they literally address in the Spider-Verse movie too. But I like, I'm just, I like Miles Morales a lot. I I think that there's a lot that they can do with his character and I'm curious to see if they bring him to live action in the MCU, but the stuff that they're doing with him in Spider-Verse, like he's just so relatable. And I I just, I love Miles Morales, but like, it's so cool that like we get to like enjoy all these different versions of Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, it shows you the pliability of the character when like you can literally have like Mm Spider-Noir and it's just as fun to watch. Gosh, dude, (laughs) Spider-Noir, Spider-Ham. I know. The anime version of of Spider-Man where it's like the the girl in the robot. Yes. It's, it's incredible. I I live for that, dude. It's just funny. And like, 
Especially when they took Spider-Ham legitimately with, when I was original, I think just like a one-off joke they made once. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, wait, what if we actually roll with this? And, uh, <laughs> but like I said, just, I don't know. It's just, it's very fun to see where it's going to go in the future. Cause it's just, and now that Disney has loosened the reins a little bit mm-hmm. of letting people make games again. Cause you know, there's the, uh, the Spider-Man game that came out on the PS4. Uh, I look forward to more things like that. Cause I saw there's a, a Marvel game thing come out sometime this year now in 2022 that has like all the, like a bunch of Avengers and X-Men and Spider-Man in it. Mm-hmm. That's coming out. It's cool to see that again. Cause some of the most fun I've had playing Spider-Man has been in the video games. Yeah, and, no, I, I, I can agree with that too. I, I grew up playing the games a lot. So. Oh, Oh yeah, like the Spider-Man 2 video game and just even playing Ultimate Alliance uh, 3 finally. That mm-hmm. was super cool when that finally came out. Uh, yeah, no, that is that is rad. <laughs> I mean, I, like, there's a reason why like whenever, like when we talked about Marvel versus Capcom and on, on that episode, and I, I know in the third game, he kind of got replaced by Spencer because Spencer does everything Spider-Man does, but better. Yeah. And, but people still love the character so much they have learned really good combos with him because they just mm-hmm. love the character and they want to play as him. And it's not a true, like if you have a Marvel game, like obviously if you have like just Avengers or just X-Men, but if you have something that's like wider Marvel, you have to have Spider-Man in it. Yes. Just ask Square Enix with the Marvel Avengers game. Yeah. There's a lot of people that were genuinely mad that Spider-Man was not in that game from the get-go. I know. And that's a rights thing. That's just, you know, it, it seems like it's getting sorted out, like you mentioned, but like he is the biggest draw. And I, I think Sony really does know what they have on their hands with him. They're like, well, why, why would so we give him up? Him. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. If you know what you have is valuable. I mean, I don't blame you for being like, hey, this is ours. We we got this fair and square, but yeah, um, which they did. <laughs> no, they absolutely did. And. Uh, but yeah, it's like. I don't know. It's just, it's just been crazy to just watch this, watch the character and just like, I don't know. Like I said, just when, it, when Spider-Man is just done correctly, it's such a fun ride because it's witty. It's fun. It's like, what was it? I think he was like with She-Hulk once and she's like, and she looked at him and goes, Parker, do you ever shut up? And it's like only when people are punching me. Yeah. <laughs> only when they knock me out cold. <laughs> yeah, then I shut up. <laughs> or just like I remember that scene with like Andrew Garfield when the guy pulled out the knife. He's like, "Oh no, a knife! My weakness!" Like he just strings him up to the wall. It's like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? A knife? <laughs> no, <laughs> my weakness. <laughs> like, yep, that's Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, no, he he nailed it. I and I will say I don't really think there's many bad Spider Man anything. You know, like th- there's been some some misfires and I think that there's definitely like comic lines that people aren't you know big fans of and there's certain elements of it that people maybe don't enjoy from like small parts like even just the show like not everyone knows about the animated series which is weird because they're good and Mm -hmm. I I think Spider-Man endures for so long because like whether people like it or not the movie versions of these characters generally will determine the popularity for a very long time, especially in a mainstream audience. Like comic fans tend to know what they like and what they want and kind of what sticks with them. But 
there are certain characters that survive because of like how strong they came out or like their positioning in terms of movies like Spider-Man the original one was essentially one of the first ever superhero movies we really got like you know they had some TV movies but I can't think of many like previous well, superhero movies that came out that had the same impact that Spider-Man did and well on the Marvel side yes because I mean obviously we can't ignore the Christopher Reeve Superman right 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 right, right. I like, yeah well, on the Marvel side, correct. <laughs> yes, um, and I'm glad you clarified that because I would have sounded like a dummy. For, <laughs> like, because, you know, not only that, but we also had Batman 89. Like, exactly. But those are two of the most popular superheroes in existence ever besides yeah. Spider-Man. And I, I think for Marvel, it was their first big one. Whereas, like, you know, DC had kind of been firing on, I'll say, cylinders. For, yeah, not all of them, but cylinders. Like, the but, third uh, and fourth movies for a lot of the big DC like series did not get well received. Rough. And but um it, you know that's a bummer, but they've bounced back because we have the Dark Knight trilogy. And but to your point, but like uh because like most like how we've joked, most people didn't even know Blay was a Marvel superhero. Right. And which, of course everyone knew who the X-Men were. Yeah. But but like X-Men and Spider-Man both helped like get more like establish Marvel on the map of like, oh. Mm-hmm. These heroes can work too. And to your point of like, I know it sucks that because some people are like, well, but you know, it should work. Like the movie shouldn't have to determine that I'm like in an ideal world, you would be right. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. How many of you honestly know characters like, well, I don't know, uh, like a booster gold or a plastic man. Most likely you don't. I would get a lot of strange looks if I mentioned that at family dinner. exactly and and that's but like to comic book readers they're kind of like the to use a wrestling term they're kind of the indie darlings Mm -hmm. and uh like if you know comics you know who they are but if you don't you're just like who yeah and that's just how it is so but the fact that spider-man knocked it so well out of the park and even before the movies because the tv shows were huge Mm -hmm. i mean it's part of the reason why the x-men despite to put it to make a long, a potentially very long rant short, despite various things Marvel has done the last seven, eight years to the X-Men, they have endured mm-hmm. because of movies and TV shows yes. and all of that. Yes. And I think X2 was really when people started to get behind like the X-Men overall. Like, I mean, the first one did really well, obviously. But well, like yeah. I-, I think without Spider-Man. And, you know, when I say this, because you bring up a valid point, like, I do believe X-Men 1 was before Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah. it, I think that there's, like, people enjoyed X-Men. And, yes. it, it, you know, it, it did much better than I think a lot of people anticipated it would, which was great. But I think Spider-Man really took it up to a whole other level because, like, the thing with Spider-Man is that, like, it had Sam Raimi, which brought, like, this auteur kind of, like, comic book feel to it. And... Oh, yeah. that really elevated to the other level of like people being able to see it and be like, Oh, I really like this. Plus like it's Spider-Man, like Spider-Man has been popular forever. Whereas like the X-Men, I think really like, I mean, they've always been popular too. Don't even like, I'm (laughs) going to correct myself before I say anything that I will (laughs) regret because I love X-Men and a lot of people have for decades. But like, you know, I think when people think of superheroes that they automatically know it's Spider-Man. X-Men, oh, yeah. X-Men's high on the list, but it's going to be Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. 
And oh, absolutely. No. Yeah, I, I yeah. think with them, that was when people really started to like invest because like, yeah, there were a couple before and you know, there was Blade. I love Blade. But oh, yeah. it was also a limited audience because it was R-rated. And then X-Men came out, kickstarted it. Spider-Man took it to the moon. And I, I'm gl- really glad you brought up those movies, too, because like I love those movies. And it, it, sometimes it feels like they don't get the respect that they deserve because they kind of got lost in the mix a little bit. Well, I think it's recency bias because people that yeah. grew up when they were, you know, grew up on them, they, they all know it. Mm-hmm. And it's just because the MCU has been just this juggernaut. Yeah. Of success. People act like as though those movies were bad. I'm like, no, no. they weren't. A, <laughs> a couple of them were not great, but oh, we're no, not here cool. to bash on movies. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like they definitely had their missteps, but like do not act like, cause like if the X-Men and Spider-Man movies were just total failures, the MCU probably wouldn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. Cause uh, companies do not want to take risks on things that they feel like will most likely fail. So they had to be successful for movie studios to go, Oh, there's money to be made here. Right. So we'll give it a chance. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, the only re the only way we're ever going to get movies like this that we enjoy is going to be if we show up and pay money for them. And also general audiences accept them as well, because like the suicide squad was like, a comic book lover's dream, but for whatever reasons, like, you know, there are a couple outside factors. Like I think it maybe was a little bit too comic book niche for some people, or maybe yeah. they're, you know, also maybe they're just confused by a lot of other factors going on and which is too bad, but it, you get movies like that. Like without Spider-Man, we never would have had that suicide squad movie. And yeah, I, cause it also I, go ahead. It helped because, after Batman and Robin studios were back to that whole, like, well, we don't want to spend all this money just to lose it all. Right. Which so, valid. Like it's as yeah. much as I love art and like, I wish art could just be free forever and people could make whatever they want money and yeah. money. Like businesses have to make money because otherwise where else is that, you know, going to happen? How is that going to happen? And I'm stoked. Like I'm one of those people that like, you know, like depending on, you know, how people feel about MCU and like the whole Scorsese thing, which we're not even going to get into on here. I swear to you, I'm going to scream if I ever hear those two names mentioned together. (laughs) So tired of it. But it's been like a dream come true for me to basically see a lot of the stuff that I loved growing up, like especially as I got older too, like the more my knowledge of it grew and the more I started to like learn about it. It's, it's really cool to see these things and characters and stories that I love being adapted and made into movies that other people can also enjoy. And th- that's one of my favorite like mediums about like mediums. What am I saying? It's one of my favorite like aspects of comic book movies is like there's a lot of great stories to be told. And I think people, especially general audiences, are seeing that and enjoying them as much as I am, maybe in just a different level because I am a complete nerd. But yeah. It's just so cool, like having that experience be available now and like whether or not superhero movies like, you know, go down in popularity or whatever happens with them. I hope not. I just hope that, you know, other forms of art are also successful as well, because it's hard when you have movies that like especially Marvel movies that are just doing gangbusters at the at the box office. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. I don't want only comic book movies, but 
I do love my comic book movies and I'm thankful for Spider-Man being able to set that to happen. And God, I just, I could talk about Spider-Man all day, but we do have to kind of cut it off at some point just so like, cause we're going to do episodes on the movies and, and everything at some point soon and comics and stuff. But Mm -hmm. just the last thing I do want to say before we start wrapping up is, uh, one of the things that, the other thing too is when we talk about like earlier of like him having like that indomitable will sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10% luck, 20% skill, 50% <laughs> concentrated power and pill. Power and pill. Oh no. <laughs> Wrong hero. Um, 100% pain. No, 100% reason to remember the name. <laughs> no, I'm going to stop. Caleb, take over. <laughs> but uh, there was a uh, like an uh, Avengers uh, X-Men like Axis there was a moment where all the heroes kind of had like their moralities flipped. Mm-hmm. So like Dr. Doom was now a good guy. Thor was now a bad guy, that kind of stuff. Uh, it didn't affect Spider-Man. He was just like, I'm fine. I'm still me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that might be the most glowing endorsement. Yeah. Of just who stuff. Spider-Man is. It, it summarizes him better than I think a lot of people can and you know, not that people haven't tried, but it's Spider-Man such like a complex, like interesting character. And that's like my favorite thing about him is that like, you know, he, he has the, the traits that pretty much everyone associates with this, that everyone like associates with a superhero, but in a way that makes him a lot more just, he feels like someone, you know, he feels like yeah. your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And like, you know, in conclusion, like, you know, it's hard to kind of like say more without going like super, super in depth about like either his comics or, you know, his movies, which we already have done, at least to some yep. level. But I mean, he's probably one of the single best superheroes ever. And he's been around since 1962. He's consistently been one of the longest running comics of all time, like nonstop consistently selling out consistently being you know the top thing and i think that's awesome because you know i i've had the privilege to be able to grow up with those stories and to watch them as they change over time granted i wasn't around when they first came out but being able to see them and you know experience them as a kid growing up into an adult is it's pretty special and i love that i love spider-man and i want more spider-man caleb is there anything else that you would like to add no, just, uh, I mean, nothing else to put besides what has already been said of like, this character is just, like like you said, there's a reason why you last, well, this year will actually make 60 years mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. And yep. that's not an easy feat. There's a reason why it was such a big deal when like, Superman and Batman them past 80 years, like Wonder Woman made it to 80 years. Like it almost says something where you're just like, well, yeah, of course they would make it. It's like, that tells you how popular they are. Cause characters normally don't last that long. At least not characters that get used constantly. Mm-hmm. It'd be characters that maybe get used for a little bit and they, and they disappear for decades. Cause no one's touched it. Yeah. Then they or, come back or rights issues. Shazam. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's true. Like what's Shazam or like, you know, we I've we've talked before with uh before recording of like the whole back and forth that was with that like the Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why it disappeared for a couple for a few decades. Yeah. 
But you, like, even though it's good for especially like what it was too. Yeah, but like, it really says somewhere you're just like, well, yeah, of course it would last sixty years. It's Spider Man. That tells you how good it is. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he has similar staying power as a lot of the the major like DC characters that have been around since that time. Even Captain America too. Captain America has been around a long time, but when you put him up in the pantheon of some of the longest running and most like beloved characters in comics, like that's something special, especially one that's been able to adapt and change over time over the course of like a lot of history. (laughs) No, it's true. We, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was just like, there's a lot of history and the fact that like a character can just be so like, adaptable and flexible to like changing times and culture and different stories staying somehow finding a way to stay fresh is no easy feat and i'm just he's one of the best characters ever in any medium Mm. in my opinion i'm you know you can't say who the best is overall because like you're gonna have a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds be like uh excuse me i'd like to have a word with you which is fair but I that's one of my favorite things about Spider-Man and I'm excited to see what the future holds for him for them for whoever whatever path they decide to choose so yeah yeah. Caleb is there anything else you want to add no that I think we kind of we hit it (laughs) well yeah what more do we say to that that's fantastic (laughs) guys please remember we are on Spotify we are on Apple Podcasts we are on your internet browser we are on Google Podcasts we're everywhere you can't hide from us. Please keep sending us your feedback. Please keep being wonderful listeners. Remember, we have a big back catalog of a lot of other episodes. I think we're at 73 episodes right now, Caleb. We are, nice. wow, we've been doing this for a long time. So <laughs> 73 episodes in, we still love what we're doing. We do it almost every single week. Um, we're going to be taking a break here pretty soon uh, because we have a lot coming up. Caleb, would you like to let the audience know? It is up to you. You do not have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Like, I mean, look, we'll be taking a break because uh, I have a marriage coming up and there's a lot going on with that. And obviously between like the actual like marriage itself and honeymoon and everything. And I was I got a lot going on. So between that and a lot of stuff Austin has going on with schooling, like we just need to take a little a small little break. Yeah. It'll be a lot like breaks we've taken in the past where it's like we're gone for like a teeny bit and then it's like, oh, hey, we're back. Like, <laughs> you know, we're not taking like a half a year off or anything like that. No, no, no. We're we're just taking like a quick little time so that, you know, Caleb can, you know, deal with a big life event. So <laughs> <laughs> just please keep that in mind. Uh, but guys, you are wonderful. We love you and adore you. And we're th- so thankful. Yeah, we are so thankful that we get to keep doing this with you because this is just so much fun. It's something we love doing. So uh, keep being awesome, guys. I'm Austin Cook, and I am Caleb McLemore. We are the Internet World Order, and we will see you guys soon. See you guys. <laughs>